From the Los Angeles Times, this is Can't Stop Watching, your TV faves on their TV faves. I'm your host, Ivan Villarreal. On today's episode, we can't stop watching Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who plays Hannah Schoenfeld on the Apple TV Plus series, The Morning Show. She tells me what it was like to shoot those emotional scenes from the tragic finale. It was, you know, a, a small crew and a very sensitive crew. And we'd been working together for six months and, and that was actually my last day on the show. So there was there was an energy and there was a very giving sensitivity to, to everyone in the crew, which I was so grateful for. It contributed to that group energy. Gugu also opens up about portraying sexual assault on screen and working with an intimacy coordinator. Let's get to it. Gugu, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, it's such a strange time right now. I'm sort of trying to stay centered, really, and, uh, you know, just kind of move with the times that we're in. What have you been doing to take care of yourself in this time? Mental health is so important with the different emotions we've all been feeling in recent months. What have you found works for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been, you know, into yoga and that's definitely something my yoga practice and, you know, meditation has definitely been something that has been a wonderful thing to ground me and, and, you know, keep returning to at this time. I've also been painting quite a lot. I rediscovered uh, a dusty box of paints sort of around week two of quarantine um, in, in my room that had, had been long unused. And um, and that's been really uh, meditative for me, um, being able to create, you know, in a different headspace to what I normally do for my job uh, and to be able to really just take the time. I've been doing portraits uh, of friends from my iPhone and family members. And uh, most recently, I did a portrait of uh, George Floyd. Um, and, you know, just being able to marry those creative elements with also expressing, you know, how you're feeling and using that time to really meditate on 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 making something positive, I think, out of a really disconcerting moment. Yeah, you talked about finding both like an emotional outlet, but also a creative outlet because, you know, when this, even when the shutdown sort of happened, did it feel like stifling in any way? Like, did you feel like I, I'm a creative person, what am I going to do during this time? Or was it nice to sort of slow down for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I've, I've never felt stifled. I think, you know, I think what's been wonderful is it's, you know, if there are any silver linings from this very jolting experience of just, you know, stopping and going inside is that we we get to go inside, not just, you know, physically, but emotionally and spiritually and really look within and um, get some clarity on on where we're going and and remember what's important in life. So for me, it was really just a very, it was a very unique moment to be able to slow down and actually sort of refill the creative well in a, in a sense. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have been suffering and, and you know, I'm not, not trying to make light of that at all, but 
but certainly in terms of looking for the opportunities when when you are able to slow down and and shift your rhythms and and maybe think about things differently. Well, I want to, you know, spend some of this time talking about the morning show. You know, the drama explored the sort of nuances and cringy conversations that have come out of the Me Too era. What interested you in digging into that? And were you nervous about whether it would get it right? Yeah, I I suppose when I read the script and also when I knew who was involved, um, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, you know, I knew that this was going to be, um, this, this show was going to have a certain platform. And I was excited really to talk to Carrie Aaron and, and Mimi Leader, our showrunner and and main director, um, about the arc of the show and the arc of my character, especially Hannah. Um, and I was, you know, not really trepidatious. I was excited by the challenge because I realized that I hadn't seen or read a, a script at, at that point about a show that was taking the Me Too era in that way, really head on and looking at the issues from so many different perspectives. And what I really loved was that it really explored the gray area of those issues. You know, it wasn't making out anybody to be, uh, you know, a sort of villainous predator or, or a, a simple, you know, victim survivor, that there was, there was actually a much more complex look at what people go through in those moments. So for me, I, I you know, I love when art speaks to the moment that we're in in our culture and obviously escapism has its place but but I think that what was really exciting for me about doing the morning show was the fact that I felt like it was very topical and um, it was also brilliantly written the characters are fascinating and narcissistic and larger than life and and you know complex but that it was also really speaking to a moment in our culture and going perhaps a little bit deeper and a little bit more layered uh taking a more layered look at what we're what we're dealing with how did it help you process what we were experiencing like what do you remember about even the early days of when when these sort of cases started coming to light yeah i mean it's it's been such it's it's moved pretty quickly i mean in terms of you know then engaging more with with the women's movement in terms of talking to friends and realizing you know as as you know me too became a thing you know realizing that friends i'd known for years actually were having moments of of discovery that things are, that they had pushed down and and actually were able to really look at with more clarity and 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 be able to talk about them um so yeah and it takes and it takes time to to digest those types of trauma and i think certainly you know when I look at my character, Hannah, in the morning show, you know, she she's very much done that. She's carried on. She's a career woman. She's she's pushed aside a, a moment in her past. And, you know, in a way, I think she feels that she's empowered herself and she's, you know, continued to work and um, excel in her career. But actually, she hadn't really dealt with the underlying 
trauma and you know as as we see in the show it it has to come out and it has to be processed and unfortunately for her you know um to quite a tragic effect well i want to get into the situation with hannah we learn later in the season that your character hannah schoenfeld who's a booker at the morning show was one of the women sexually assaulted by steve carell's character mitch kessler and you knew where things were headed for your character from the start, right? And so how did that shift your preparation for this role? And like, how did having that in your mind guide your performance, particularly like in the scenes where it's already happened, but no one else knows about it yet? Mm, yeah, I mean, you're right. I did know Hannah's arc I knew her history and obviously it's not until quite late on in the season that that's actually revealed to the audience but for me it was a gift in a way because I think as an actor you always want to know what secrets your character is harboring I think you know in those moments of either silence or or you know when you're reacting or when you're you know how your character is making different choices I think you always want to know you know, characters with secrets are always the most fascinating to play, I think. And certainly, especially when the audience aren't necessarily in on them because you can make make choices and maybe when people watch it again on the second viewing, they see other nuances there. Um, for me, I had a few scenes early on, specifically when Hannah is trying to engage Ashley Brown, um, a, a former employee of The Morning Show, to, to go on the show and 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 talk about the the predatory behavior of, of Mitch that, that she was you know subject to and you know there's moments there where you know we talked about what is what is motivating Hannah there and and actually you know she seems very manipulative and quite slick in in some ways at, at getting Ashley to come on the show but you can see you know just moments of of desperation and and ferocity and you know that ambition how she's channeling her own rage in, in a way in, in getting Ashley to speak out almost um on her behalf uh, because she hasn't she hasn't done that so you know moments like that are, have, were interesting to play and obviously you don't want to overplay it because you don't want to give too much away and, and as in life we're all you know concealing or trying to conceal as much as we're trying to reveal um so so that to me was 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 an interesting challenge I think and as I say secrets are always give you a, a strong sense of an, an inner life on screen especially if you don't have as many words to say you know you've always got something to feel right well in the last few episodes of the season tackle the Hannah Mitch story and explore the sort of different perspectives on the incident and its aftermath and the eighth episode we go back in time to the night when it happens. And to film this scene, you worked with an intimacy coordinator for the first time in your career. So walk me through what that was like. Like what discussions were had to ensure your comfort? Yeah, we we had an intimacy coordinator. It was it was really interesting to me, I think, and I felt very supported. Um I feel that the director of that episode, Michelle McLaren, was who is incredible, um, was very keen to make sure that we were not just 
you know, showing everything, but we were going on the psychological journey as well with Hannah. So it wasn't just about the physical, uh, it, you know, it was, it was about the journey that she goes on inside from, you know, a fight or flight mentality and how that's complicated um, and how she engages in that moment with somebody who is essentially a much more powerful figure than her, you know, a celebrity, her, her mentor, someone she idolizes in a sense. So I think also having the intimacy coordinator was a great sounding board and intermediary. I mean, there was always such great trust with our female producers, you know, uh, so there was definitely a sense that this was going to be strongly told from the female gaze and uh, the point of view was always very, very clear. For the listeners who maybe don't know about intimacy coordinators, just like maybe walk us through like what are some of the questions that are either asked of you or that you ask of them? Um, What is that dynamic like on set? Very technical choreography to be honest with you I think it's it's about you know what what you're wearing what you're also wearing to protect your yourself um what you're also um where the camera is rehearsing you know talking through those beats and also having you know the space at any point as should be on all sets to say I need to stop let's that's you know this isn't okay I'm not comfortable with this and before even being on set to have rehearsals and conversations about people's comfort levels and and really the technical physical choreography of 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 those beats and how they best tell the story I mean there's you know a moment where you know you just see a hand pick up underwear from the floor I mean then that tells you you know where where we are um in her journey and 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 the shame and and um your imagination fills in the rest of of what's gone on and 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 sometimes that can be more more powerful um but yeah really you know the intimacy coordinator i think that the woman that we worked with you know has a a physical stunts background there's so there's a physicality there's a there's a sense of stunts and dance and you know understanding choreography but also being able to articulate emotionally what 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 is comfortable and what feels also a professional working environment presented by little america the acclaimed comedy series now streaming exclusively on apple tv plus for your emmy awards consideration Inspired by the true stories featured in Epic Magazine, Little America goes beyond the headlines and looks at the funny, romantic, heartfelt, inspiring, and surprising stories of immigrants in America, and they're more relevant now than ever. Episodes include The Cowboy, where a Nigerian student finds a sense of connection through Oklahoma's cowboy culture, and The Jaguar, where an undocumented high school student's life is changed by an urban squash coach. Apple TV Plus is available on the Apple TV app on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, iPod Touch, Mac, select Samsung and LG smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV and Roku devices, as well as at tv.apple.com for $4.99 per month with a seven-day free trial. Customers who purchase a new iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Mac, or iPod Touch can enjoy one year of Apple TV Plus for free. Get Apple TV Plus and stream all of Little America today. 
as you mentioned, I mean, the scene sort of explores the gray areas or the complexity of some of these uh, encounters. And this one particularly explores like the abuse of power and the way Mitch took advantage of someone at their most vulnerable. And there's that other side of, you know, people saying, well, she didn't leave, she didn't say no. But you can see that she's paralyzed in her, you know, thoughts, like she doesn't know what to do. So talk to me about what preparation you did to sort of get into that mental headspace and sort of express what she was feeling without words. Like, I don't know if, if that came from reading some articles of, of some of these women's experiences or books. Like, how did you get there? Yeah, for me, it was it was reading. It was talking to friends who had been in similar situations and it's really just stripping away, I think, like you say, in retrospect, all the things that we rationally decide, you know, are the logical ways to respond to those moments and going back to fight or flight moments and not even fight or flight. I think freeze. I mean, you know, I personally, you know, I've not really been in, thankfully, in a situation like Hannah has been in that respect, but I have been in, you know, a couple of dangerous situations where I and I have definitely felt the freeze freeze response when I felt at risk. So, you know, it's it's using literal, you know, inspiration that you can read about it and 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 understand. And then it's it's going to a different place, which is again, it's beyond thought. It's 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 much more primal and it's much more instinct driven. So yeah, it was it was really um, about going through those thought processes and really charting those thought processes with Michelle McLaren, the director, being very specific, you know, having that internal monologue going on and the conflict, really, it's very conflicting, I think, in that moment for Hannah, especially, as I say, with somebody who who commands such power over her and and actually before that moment, so much respect and, you know, the complexities of will she lose her job where is this going? Can she just get through it? it? It's it's everything going going through her mind in those beats and really, really sort of analyzing and, and separating them piece by piece. Well, you go from something like that where words, you know, there's so little of words to be said to a scene with Reese Witherspoon's character where you're having to sort of explain what happened unwillingly at first, right? Like you're in this position of, in a weird way, helping Mitch sort of not exactly clear his name, but show like other people were just as responsible for what was going down. And the entire season has sort of led to this moment. And it's eight pages of of your character expressing what she went through and the fear and confusion that she felt. So was there much rehearsal for that scene? And what was your primary goal in your delivery? Where did you pull from? Well, the writing was just so fantastic. I mean, I just have to credit Kerry Erin for how she really plotted that whole arc for Hannah in, in just essentially a monologue, which is her reliving that experience. And actually, we discussed the fact that Hannah is not really even confided in anyone about this uh, and she's not been to therapy she's not told a girlfriend she's just you know pressed it down and that it's 
because of that, that it's so supercharged that this is the first time it's it's kind of exploding out of her. And as you said, reluctantly, she's very defensive to begin with, which I think was, you know, great because it's a very human thing. I think women don't want to feel like a victim. They are survivors. She's moved on. She's moved on from it. And she is very adamant that it's not going to define her. Um, and I think it's only with Bradley, Reese's character's pressing and actually then her really going through it and visualizing beat by beat and then and you know a lot of the rehearsal was really my own my own homework if you like of obviously the actor's first basic work of learning the lines and 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 feeling feeling the beats and really going through that process and as I say I feel like it was so beautifully nuanced and in a way her sort of breakdown and emotional destruction it was it was all there on the page uh, for me at least and I think I really felt those rhythms and and really just having the space on the day I mean the crew were just so incredibly sensitive and amazing um, at keeping you know the energy we did we did long takes we, we we did the whole thing you know in 15 minute long takes and and keeping the camera rolling and and uh, allowing me to really get there on an emotional level I think so often in filmmaking and in tv you know your performance is so truncated you know there is an element at sometimes of manufacturing emotion or emoting or manufacturing beats for certain in a rapid time and I think what was great about that piece of writing and 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 that real climactic moment for Hannah is that it could happen in real time for me and you know and I could make these discoveries. I spoke to Mimi about the finale and and she said there weren't many people in the room when that scene was filmed and I wonder how how that helped like feeling that intimacy with Reese who's not saying much in the scene but having her there I what was the challenge of working when it's like you bringing sort of the power to the scene? For me, coming from theatre, I think that is always a joy for me. I love something meaty to get my teeth into. And the moments where you really are carrying the scene in that way that you are when you're on stage, you know, no one can say cut. You, you, get, you get to speak. Your character has a driving, driving force of a flow of emotion it's like it's amazing it's like being on a wave you know it's it's for me as an actor that's that's the best stuff that's the most satisfying stuff uh and and as I say that's that's the closest you get to feeling like you get on stage like a live performance where you you really are in control of, of the energy in the room I mean I feel like that happens in the best moments on set but as I say so often things are broken up or they're done out of context and it, and uh, or very short scenes and so it doesn't always feel like an actor's medium um but that day it definitely felt like an actor's medium and it was you know a, a small crew and a very sensitive crew and we'd been working together for six months and and that was actually my last day on the show so there was there was an energy and there was a very giving sensitivity to, to everyone in the crew, which I was so grateful for. It contributed to that group energy. I, th- I think that that's, that's essential. I think it is, it is, you know, all about having an environment that's conducive to giving the best performance. And that's, you know, the wonderful and 
collaborative nature about film and TV that that I love. What was the response that you got from women, actually women or men? Like what what feedback did you get? It's been really interesting. I, I think a lot of people were quite moved by it. I think emotionally, men and women felt quite rocked by Hannah's journey and and I think just the the raw the raw nature of you know not just that scene with with Reese but also a pivotal scene where Hannah accepts a promotion um you know initially in in episode eight she charges into the office of the head of the network to report Mitch and actually in the moment you know, figuring out that, you know, the boys club is already two steps ahead of her and, you know, she's essentially being silenced by a promotion and, and she accepts it. And it's somewhat a deal with the devil, you know, in that she's sort of conflicted, but ultimately doesn't feel like she has much choice in that moment. And and so, you know, I think a lot of people related to that, a lot of my friends and people I've worked with for a long time or have known for a long time even said to me, yeah, I've been in a situation like that. I, I've been in a situation where, you know, the Mitches of this world, you know, that these ambiguous, more ambiguous moments than perhaps the one we have. Um, and then, you know, a lot of women reached out to me on social media. Um, I mean, some of the, the most powerful um, reactions, I think, really were from women who felt like for the first time they had, felt seen in a character like Hannah they felt heard and they they felt like it it helped them recontextualize experiences that they they have had and reframe experiences that they may have had that they may have buried and and covered with shame and um their own shame and guilt and actually um to be able to see and that's the power of drama I think to be able to see these dangerous powerful moments but they're outside of yourself. They're not happening to you. You're watching it on a screen. There is an element of distance there as emotionally close or triggering as, as these, these issues are. Um, to be able to see these moments outside of yourself helps, helps to put your own experiences into context. And I think, you know, many women have thanked me for being able to see a bit more compassion for, for themselves in, in situations that they had been in where maybe they'd felt guilt and shame and 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 actually something a scene like that or a conversation like this in a in a TV show can actually have a huge capacity for healing you know and healing within entertainment which is kind of stealthy <laughs> um uh, but but I but I do think that 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 is you know one of the gratifying and 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 powerful byproducts of of what we get to do well, I was going to say, is that something you seek out? Because I know you did an episode of Black Mirror, San Junipero, which was widely regarded as one of its best. And it was acclaimed for treating uh, the same-sex relationship at its center with care and optimism. So I'm, I'm just wondering, like, when you take on a role, do you think about what it can do culturally? Yes, yes, yes and no. It's not just about the role. I think it, it is, you know, I remember when I did Beyond the Lights uh, with Gina Prince-Bythewood and I remember for the first time when we were 
talking about that and we had a long prep process and she always said to me well it has to be for something bigger than you and that always stuck with me I think you know the idea that yes you can have a great part and as a selfish actor you can have a juicy meaty part where it's all about you and you get to do flashy emotional fun things for you but but ultimately what does that really matter I think it is it's about sharing about sharing these stories and and you know I've certainly always been interested in what what the message you're left with you know I think the the art that really I find the most valuable is the stuff that stays with you the stuff that you know you don't just sort of you know switch it off and you know sedate it sedates you and you you go to sleep and you don't think about it it's the stuff that 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 you think about the next day or the next week or you're talking to your friends about and you know uh, I always think you know the art that generates conversation is is the most the most powerful well this is a tv podcast and I know your career in television began with roles in spooks and doctor who and your first American job was in the NBC spy drama Undercovers. And you've said that you learned your American accent from watching Friends. So please tell me more about this. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't just sit watching Friends and try and learn the accent. I think what I was meaning when I said that is that Friends came out when I was 11 those 10 years from 11 to 21 were hugely formative for me. And I was obsessed with the show. I still am. You know, I think it wasn't just friends. I think that growing up in the UK, obviously I grew up watching so many American TV shows and movies, you know, from, from the Cosby show when I was a little kid and movies like home alone and all, you know, that's my generation of shows. And, and so I think, you know, partly it went in via osmosis because I just was so saturated with American culture in TV and film, at least. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, friends is something that I have always loved and, you know, I watched it last night, actually, when I was taking a break from the news. Um. <laughs> Did you have to watch yourself to not fangirl with Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, um, I mean, honestly, you know, she's such an inspiration. And and I feel like I've, I've grown up watching her on screen. And, you know, to be able to be in the morning show alongside, you know, her powerhouse performance was incredible for me. My my 11-year-old self was just, you know, thrilled. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and my current self is also thrilled. Yeah, it, it was wonderful to work with her. I wish we had more scenes together, to be honest, but maybe we'll get to do something else uh, another day. Well, our final question comes from our previous guest, Jean Smarts. Do you think it's important as an actor to be a role model as well? Uh, I think it's a privilege. I think it's a, a privilege to do what we do. And I think at a certain point, I don't know if you can if you can choose to be a role model. I think you can choose to to make authentic choices. It's other people that make you a role model. I think ultimately people decide if they're vibing with what you do or they're inspired by what you do. You can't make yourself a role model in isolation. But um, I think it's important to do things that speak to people, and I think it's important to to be authentic. I think there are ways to put messages into the world and hopefully inspire people and they're not always comfortable not always comfortable issues that that you can actually explore through art a little bit more easily you know because there is a distance there so so yeah I think 
if you can be a, a role model, that's great if other people want to make you a role model. But I think, you know, it has to be authentic. And I think it's okay to address issues that are uncomfortable. You know, that's how we how we grow as a culture and hopefully how we heal from them. Well, that was a lovely answer. I'm now going to ask you to put on your interviewer hat and ask a question of our next guest, Nicholas Braun. He plays Greg, also known as Cousin Greg, on HBO Succession. What have you learned about yourself in this time? I think that's a great question. Well, Gugu, thank you so much for taking the time and I, I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. That's it for the 21st episode of Can't Stop Watching. I'm your host, Yvonne Villarreal. Our producer is Paige Heimson and our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mike Heflin and a special shout out to Elena Howe for booking the guests for this podcast. Come back next week. We're talking to Nicholas Braun. I kind of since the beginning of Corona times, I always thought like, like talking about the virus all the time is sort of punk rocky. Like the virus is coming. Like watch out for the virus. If you like Can't Stop Watching, subscribe and leave us a five star review on Apple. Special thanks to Julia Turner, Matt Brennan, and Clint Shaw. We hope you're enjoying this podcast created by the journalists at the LA Times. Right now, access to facts has never been more important, and the Times is in the business of reporting them. Stay connected and subscribe, because your subscription supports the production of podcasts like this one and our award-winning journalism. Visit latimes.com slash support LA Times to subscribe. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.